Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about what a Christian budget looks like. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about some Bible principles that can help Christians form a budget and stick to it. And this is a good time of year to talk about budgeting because if you're anything like me, you set some ambitious goals at the beginning of the year, it's New Year resolutions, and now there's been just enough time to come back down to earth and it's time to plan a more realistic budget for this year. So what guiding principles then did God leave for Christians putting together a budget? Today, we're going to look at six in particular that should be the foundation of all of our budgets. And you could say these are the principles that we should root our budgets in. So what are they? First, and absolutely, we have to recognize that our God is the source of everything. Philippians 4.19 says, My God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And Proverbs 8.20 says, I walk in the way of righteousness along the paths of justice, bestowing a rich inheritance on those who love me and make their treasuries full. No matter how little or how much we have, everything we have comes from God. Whenever we're maneuvering our finances, we have to recognize that simple but profound truth. Like the businessman that James wrote about who had a plan to go and do this or that and make money in this town, Uh, James called it all boasting, and our lives, too, are just a mist, as he says. All of our physical blessings have come from God, and at some point, they may be taken away, too. And we know as Christians, though, that our greatest blessings, they can never be budgeted for because they are immeasurable and eternal. The second Bible principle we should keep in mind when we're budgeting is that giving is essential. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, it says, Remember, then... Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. When we fully embrace principle number one, that God is the source of everything we have, And how could we not share that love and that generosity with others? Well, the problem too often is that we forget principle number one. We think that what we have, we worked for it. It was our effort. And so it should belong to us. We shouldn't have to share it. But God made it plain that this is a mistake, that he gave us everything we have and giving to others, forgiving others, showing mercy to others, loving others, that's not an option for Christians. It's a requirement. Otherwise, he will not continue to give or forgive or show mercy or love to us. If we sow sparingly, we'll reap sparingly from God. But when we give generously, as God would have us do, we can expect incredible reward. Luke 6.38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. However you measure out your giving, that's how God is going to measure his giving to you. So have a budget rooted in giving. Giving back to others. Giving back to God. The third principle from Scripture involves our allegiances, and the importance of a sense 
of financial security to serve God fully. You know, notice I didn't say the importance of wealth or prosperity, but a sense of financial security. That's what the, the poor widow had in Mark 12 when she came and put her two small copper coins in the temple treasury when that was all the money she had to live on. And she felt secure and relying on God and our budgets should strive to be the same. Now, I'm not sure I'd advocate, and I don't believe Jesus was either, that Christians must liquidate all of their assets and give every penny to the church. We see examples of incredible giving, and, and that's often required of us. But I think there is a bigger principle here, and that is that we can't have another master. When our financial obligations start to control our decisions, and especially when they, they start to control our decision to give to others— that's when we have a problem. We can't have multiple masters. And if money begins to encroach on God's territory, we have to push back. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Nothing, not food or water or shelter or anything else, nothing is more important than serving God. If we think that our finances are controlling us to the point that we can't make Jesus our master, then we need to eliminate before we lose our soul. And that can be done maybe through saving. Proverbs 21.20 says the wise store up choice food and olive oil, but fools gulp theirs down. Proverbs 22.3 emphasizes that the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Notice though, biblical saving isn't just about having a lot of commas in your bank account. It's about first avoiding abundance and avoiding risk. Don't gulp down expensive foods if it will stop you from giving abundantly. Don't walk into financial disaster. Don't walk into debt if it's going to become your master. Proverbs 22, 7 tells us that the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. The point is, we can be financially secure when we're making $10,000 a year or a million dollars a year, as long as we know who our master is. Stemming from this principle is principle number four, and that is to find contentment all the time. When we know who our master is and that our greatest blessings are in a bank account, we can be content in every situation. Paul, of course, wrote in Philippians 4, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. On a practical level, what Paul is saying is that we need to make a realistic budget, work with what we have, and begin to eliminate what we can't afford. Eliminate drastically if we need to, but be content regardless. Doesn't mean you can't strive to improve your financial condition. It just means that you're going to be satisfied on the journey and that you're going to rely on God no matter how good or bad your circumstances. Principle number five when budgeting is to plan to work hard. And the scriptures spell it out plainly for us. All hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty in Proverbs 14, 23. And in Proverbs 28, 19, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies, they'll have their fill of poverty. You know, budgets and plans, they have their place. But at some point, we have to put the plans down. 
And we have to carry them out. With what ability and with what talent the Lord has blessed us with, we must work. We must work in our families. We must work for our neighbors. We must work in the church. And we must also work to supply for ourselves. If we're having trouble with principle number four, to be content, it's often because we haven't mastered principle number five. When we are truly working with every bit of effort that we can muster between our prayers to God and our own physical effort, then it's a lot easier to be content. Finally, principle number six is to seek godly wisdom. This is one of the most obvious, but perhaps the most neglected steps we need to take to root our budgets in Christ. We need to pray to him. We need to search his word for counsel on our specific circumstances. We need to lean on other Christians for advice. Take a moment before you sign or you buy or you lease anything sizable and go to a good Christian friend. See what they have to say about it. Their second opinion. Pray on it with them. Think on it with them. Make God the center of your decisions and you'll avoid a lot of mistakes. Remember, most of all, that our budgets have to start, they have to continue, and they have to end with God. Root yourself in him. Root yourself in his word before you begin and as you plan your budget. And rest assured that you'll find a peace that transcends understanding when you do so. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and talking with you next time. 